Arizona Fall League starts on Monday. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And next Monday, the Arizona Fall League starts. A couple people always circle this on the calendar, are really excited about this. So if you don't know, if you're not hip to it, the Arizona Fall League is a six-week, six-team league that's owned by Major League Baseball. So depending on which level you're in, your minor league season either uh, is already over for the A-ball guys, uh, is in the the end of the playoffs now for the double-A guys. Jason Dominguez had an absolutely ridiculous Wednesday night. Uh, you know, So did Yuri Perez. Or it's going to soon be in the playoffs if you're a triple-A guy. Everybody else is done. And so oftentimes a lot of guys just kind of scatter to the wind. A lot of your Latin American guys will go back to Latin America. Your Puerto Rican guys will go back to Puerto Rico. Guys will probably play winter ball in the Dominican, uh, in Puerto Rico, things like that. But MLB has created or, or now runs an alternative option, you know, the other default league. And the idea here is it's training and development for, the, for your prospects in controlled conditions. Uh, the manager, the pitching coach, and the hitting coach for each of these six teams all come from Major League Baseball organizations. Uh, all of the, the games are played in Arizona. All of the, the parks have TrackMan and all of, you know, Hawkeye, all of the advanced data. So you know the quality of the instruction the players are getting, the quality of the competition they're facing, and you have all of the metrics from your guys. You have the spin rate for the pitchers. You have the pot time for the catchers. You have all of that data. So a lot of teams like to send their guys to the fall league, the Arizona Fall League, to get a little bit of a better sample and answer some questions about their guys. And then later in the show, we're going to kind of break down some of the different types of prospects that go uh, and why teams are sending them there. But a couple things you need to know. It's six teams, three per division. So the East Division is the Mesa Solar Sox in Mesa, Arizona, uh, the Salt River Rafters and the Scottsdale Scorpions, both in Scottsdale, Arizona. And then the West Division is the Glendale Desert Dogs, the Peoria Javelinas, and the Surprise Segueros. There's a Surprise Arizona. Uh, and each MLB team is affiliated with one of these. So each Arizona Fall League team has five MLB teams that are attached to it. And every MLB team sends a minimum of seven players. Four, four pitchers, three position players. You can send additional p- position players outside of those three. But if you do, they're on the taxi squad. They can only play in two games a week. But the idea is a minimum of seven players from each organization. So, you know, the idea here is they have a, a reliable place to get their prospects from. Do you technically invite the prospects to play? Um, it's not, it's not supposed to be required to play. Not always how it works. But 
I, you know, it's like a voluntold kind of thing. Uh, so opening day is on Monday, October 3rd. What they'll do is they'll play games almost every day, either at like 1130 in the morning or like 630 in the evening. Uh, if you are in Arizona, you can actually buy individual game tickets or an entire season pass is like 150 bucks. So you can go to the entire six-week season uh, for 150 bucks. Something new this year, October 15th on Saturday, they're doing a triple header in Chase Field. So all six games or all six teams will play in games on that Saturday in Chase Field. I think it's like 11.30, 2.30, and 5.30 or 11.33 and 6.30 or something like that. Uh, now, uh, the there is an All-Star game for this as well. The All-Star game, it's called the Fall Stars. It's on November 6th, it's a Sunday. The day before is the Home Run Derby on the 5th. As I understand, both of those will be televised on MLB Network. And then the championship game is Saturday, November 12th, also televised on MLB Network. Uh, there is not a televised... Like, there's no way to be guaranteed to be able to watch every single game on television. A lot of the teams will stream it on like MLB.com or their Facebook pages is a common way. So you can do that uh, and and get to check out some of the action. But they don't yet have like a package on MILB.TV for the Arizona Fall League. One of those things, a lot of people do it in person. A lot of people go there. If you're learning, say you're learning scouting, there's a lot of companies that will do instruction on baseball scouting and they'll do it in person at the fall league for a week where you'll spend time in the classroom and time in person scouting players at the fall league games um the way that it's set up is it has all of the same rules down there that they're going to be using in mlb next year so you have the larger bases you have the pickoff and shift restrictions you have the pitch clock all of the same rules those were in effect in the minor leagues those will be in effect in the Arizona Fall League and then in the majors next year. And then something else that they do in the Fall League is they're using the automated balls and strikes challenge system. So not something we've talked about on this pod yet, but rather than having the, the machine call every ball and strike and it's relayed to the umpire and he signals it, what they're going to do instead is they, they tested this in the Florida State League last year uh, or this year, technically it's 2022. The umpire will call balls and strikes like normal. Uh, Up to three times per team, per game, the batter, the hitter, or the pitcher can challenge the umpire's call. In that case, the ABS gives a ruling, it's immediately relayed, and play continues. I think that when, I don't think it's an if, I think it's a win, when automated balls and strikes gets to the MLB level, it's going to be this form. There's a lot of opposition. The umpires union, um, old time people who, you know, the the classic game of baseball, who are opposed to fully automated balls and strikes. But the way that instant replay has gone and how it's been integrated in the game, there's so many people who are now okay with that, that that's what they're going to do for automated balls and strikes at the big league level. The umpires will still call it, and you can challenge if you think the call was wrong, whether you're the hitter, the pitcher, or the catcher. Uh, I, that's, I think that's where it's going. I don't think they'll have it in place for next year, but maybe the year after 24. And just a minute, I want to get to some of the best prospects in the Arizona Fall League because there are some fantastic guys here. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Blue Chew. Uh, 
Summer's winding down, the nights are getting longer, but the breeze isn't the only thing that's getting stiff. That's right, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, we know that confidence can take you far in life. That is especially true in the bedroom, especially when it's time to step up to the plate, and that's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can either plan ahead or be ready when an opportunity arises. Simple process. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you receive your prescription within days. The best part, this is all done online. There's no visit to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations with with the nurse or a pharmacy tech, no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And, you know, you get that smirk from the pharmacy tech because they know what you just got. Blue Juice tablets are made in the USA and they're prepared and shipped directly to your door in discreet packaging. So this is only between you and the fine folks at Blue Chew. Uh, we say on this show a lot that your power tool is only as good as your hit tool. If you want to have the, the power when you get a chance to use your hit tool, call our friends at Blue Chew. We've got a special deal for our listeners. Try BlueChew free when you use our promo code Locked On at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code Locked On to receive your first month for free. Just pay $5 shipping. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank BlueChew for sponsoring today's podcast. Okay, top prospects in the Arizona Fall League. There are 13, I'm sorry, 16 top 100 prospects going to the Arizona Fall League this year. And again, it's divided up by team. And because of the organizations that are affiliated with each team, the distribution of top 100 talent isn't even from team to team. So Salt River, the Salt River Rafters have five top 100 prospects. And the reason for this is they are affiliated with the Blue Jays, the Cardinals, who have a good system, the Diamondbacks, who have a good system, the Rockies, who have an improving system, but a couple top guys who you'll hear about, and the Tigers. So top 100 prospects in here. Third baseman outfielder Jordan Walker of the Cardinals. We talked about him with JD earlier in the week. Uh, Jordan Lawler, the shortstop for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Top prospect there. Shortstop Mason Wynn of the Cardinals. We talked about him with JD earlier in the week. Uh, strongest arm in the um, in the entire minor leagues for for an infielder has Justin Turner shaking in his boots. Uh, Tink Hints, the right-hand pitcher for the Cardinals, and then Zach Veen, the outfielder for the Colorado Rockies. And I'm going to be watching Zach Veen uh, a little bit later on him. I've, I've I've got some stuff here about why I think I I I like him in this setting. Uh, Scottsdale, by comparison, Scottsdale Scorpions, they do not have a single top 100 prospect playing because they're affiliated with the Angels, who don't have a ton of top talent, the Braves, who have graduated and then signed to long-term extensions, all of their guys don't have a lot of uh, top-end talent, and most of their top-end talent is pitchers. And you'll notice a trend as I go through these top prospects when it comes to how many of them or how few of them really are pitchers. The Giants, the Orioles, who have graduated a lot of their guys or have a lot of guys who are really close and or on the 40-man roster already, and the Red Sox, who don't have a ton of farm system talent. So no top 100s. I am really interested. Carson Wisenhunt, 
2022 draftee of the Giants out of Eastern Carolina. Didn't pitch at all in 2022 because he was he was suspended uh, for a for a steroid thing. So he threw well, he threw a little bit in an unaffiliated independent league. Got drafted. He's coming to Arizona, so I want to watch some of his outings and see what he looks like because he's essentially had almost a year off. Uh, Mesa, the Mesa Solar Sox. They're affiliated with the Oakland Athletics. Not a ton of high-end talent. The Cubs, a decent farm system. The Marlins, who have a ton of talent, but a lot of their guys are pitchers. The Rays, who have a ton of talent, but did not send anybody top to this thing. And the Yankees. And so the guys who are going to be in Mesa uh, that are top 100 prospects, Brennan Davis, the outfielder from the Cubs, uh, Zach Gelliff of the Oakland Athletics, and outfielder Jason Dominguez of the Yankees. So I like Mesa's outfield because you've got Brennan Davis and Jason Dominguez. It's a pretty, pretty good outfield. Um, so, you know, couple, three guys there. When you look at Glendale, Glendale is affiliated with the Brewers, who picked up some talent in the Josh Hader trade. The Dodgers, who have a very good farm system. The Reds, who have a very good farm system. The Twins, who had a pretty good farm system, and they shipped out some of those guys um, to you know the Reds or other places. And then the White Sox, who don't have a fantastic farm system at all. Uh, the top 100 prospects here for Glendale... Uh, Noel V. Marte of the Reds, shortstop for the Mariners, was traded in the Luis Castillo deal. Probably the starting shortstop for Glendale, I think. Uh, Andy Pages, the outfielder for the Dodgers. Uh, big, this is going to be a big thing for him here. He's one of the guys that I'm kind of, I'm kind of watching to uh, hopefully solidify his prospect status here in the Fall League. And then Matt McClain of the Reds. Um, another, you know, an infield prospect here. In Glendale. And then somebody else who I like, who's not a top 100 prospect, but I like him being here, is Edward Julien of the Twins. Uh, the, 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 for, the, for the prospects, at least, the Canadian god of walks. Uh, one of the fa- best batting eyes in the entire minor leagues. I like seeing him here. I'm excited to see what he does, because I think now that he's settled in at second base, this is his chance to kind of have a breakout. Uh, Peoria. The Peoria Javelinas have two top 100 prospects. And when you hear the organizations they're affiliated with, you'll kind of understand why. Uh, the Guardians, who were the youngest team in MLB this year, they promoted a lot of their guys already. Uh, the Mariners, who their noteworthy guys either got traded, like Marte, or got promoted, like a Kirby and a Rodriguez. Uh, the Mets, who most of their top prospects are high-level, you know, AAA. They've already debuted in the big leagues, like a, like a Brett Beatty. Or they're going to debut sometime soon, like an Alvarez, uh, you know, early next year. And so they're not here. Uh, the Nationals, who picked up a bunch of talent in the Juan Soto trade. And the Padres, who sent out a bunch of talent in the Juan Soto trade. So two top 100 prospects here in Peoria. Uh, Robert Hassel, the outfielder for the Nationals. He's here. And then Jackson Merrill uh, for the Padres. He's here, lost two months because of uh, a wrist injury. And so I think that's one of the main reasons that he got sent here. And that's one of the things that we'll talk about in the next segment about guys, some of the reasons teams send prospects here. The last team, um, surprise, it's the surprise Saguaros. That's a dumb joke. Um, so they've got three top 100 prospects. And the organizations have voted here. The Astros, 
uh, the Phillies, the Pirates, which is going to be significant here, the Royals, who have promoted a bunch of their prospects already, and the Rangers, who don't have a ton of guys in the top 100 to be eligible to go to the Fall League in the first place. But the guys that are here uh, that are top 100, Henry Davis, the catcher for the Pirates, is one of the big ones to me. Uh, Quinn Priester, the infielder. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Quinn Priester, the pitcher for the Pirates. Uh, one of the top, one of the only two pitching prospects, really, that's a top 100 guy that's going to the Fall League. Uh, and then Nick Gonzalez, the infielder, mostly plays second base. Uh, to go along with them, depending on which top 100 ranking you're using, Baseball America has this guy, MLB Pipeline does not, but Luis Angel Acuna of the Rangers is also going to be here. So some time figuring out who plays it short, things like that. Uh, one of the most, an, another guy, not a top 100, but just like Carson Wisenhunt, a guy that I really want to see pitch because he hasn't done anything in college or affiliated for a while, Kumar Rocker of the Rangers will be in the Arizona Fall League. Uh, pitched a little bit in an unaffiliated ball in the Frontier League this spring. Had a couple good outings, shut it down, get ready for the draft. So I want to see what he looks like after the layoff. In just a minute, we're going to go over the different types of prospects that are in the Fall League and why teams send guys there right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. And we're back. So, kind of looking at like a who benefits the most or who are the, the guys that go to the Arizona Fall League. And I, I, I group everybody into three kind of main groups. This is not all-encompassing, but this is pretty, pretty, pretty close. Uh, the first group are guys who miss significant time due to injuries. And some of these are some big names. Henry Davis, we mentioned him, catcher for the Pirates. Missed 59, uh, only played in 59 games because of a wrist injury. He got hit, I think he got hit, hit by a pitch is what did it. And he got hit like 20 times in the 60 games he played. Brennan Davis had back surgery this year, also only got like 52 games. So this is big for him to show the Cubs that he's healthy and get back into competitive form and catch up on some of the time that he missed. Um, Heston Kierstad of the uh, Orioles had a hard issue, missed all of 2021. And so they're trying to catch him up on the development timeline there. Will Bedner, uh, the, the pitcher, only threw in 12 games coming off of injury. Uh, it was a back injury. And so getting him some more, some more uh, competitive outings, competitive innings in the fall league. Uh, Luis Matos had a quad injury. He got 90 games in, but the season didn't end the way they wanted it to. So in the fall league, uh, Nick Gonzalez, we mentioned him earlier. There are the Pirates. Had a heel injury, only played in 74 games. Obviously, you could kind of you could go on and do this for a while. A lot of these guys are well-regarded prospects who had their development timeline backed up a bit because of some sort of injury. So they're in the fall league to try to be in a controlled, known environment to catch up on some of those competitive outings that they missed to get back on track developmentally. Uh, the second group of guys are guys who either kind of broke out or unlocked a new level of production and teams are sending them to the Arizona Fall League to make sure it's going to stick. So Tink Hintz of the Cardinals is a great example. He's a guy that looked fantastic in the lower levels of the minors. He's going to the Fall League as one of the only two top pitching prospects to go so that we can see 
what he looks like against a different level of competition and see if what we saw from the lower minors sticks uh, or if it's something where it may have been a little bit more of park factors and or competition than we expected. Uh, Devison De Los Santos of the Diamondbacks, third baseman. He will be the youngest player in the fall league. And so this is a good opportunity for him to play against guys older than him. Uh, you know, significantly older in some of these cases. I'll get to them in just a second. And, and to really see how he handles this competitive environment. And then obviously, he gets to play in his home ballpark when they play um, at Chase Field on October 15th. So I don't necessarily know where he lives in the area. He may just get to live at home this entire time. He may not be stuck uh, living in team-provided accommodations. Uh, the third set of guys who are going to the Fall League and there's way too many to like actually list here, but you know, a lot of the pitchers are, are in this boat. But it's guys who have a 40-man decision coming up this December. Uh, depending on when you were drafted, there's a de- uh, drafted or signed as a free agent. There's a deadline on when teams have to either put you on the 40-man roster or leave you unprotected for the Rule 5 draft. When the Rule 5 draft happens, if you are taken in the MLB phase of the Rule 5 draft, you go onto the selecting team's MLB roster and you have to stay on it the entire season. And if you don't, your original team has the opportunity to get your rights back. And so on and so forth for the minor league levels as well. But the idea is if you have a guy that is performing well enough to be attractive to other teams, but you're not promoting them and giving them an opportunity to play, other teams can go get them and give them an opportunity to play. That's what the 40-man, uh, the Rule 5 draft does. So a lot of the guys, especially the pitchers, are either auditioning for their own team to be protected in the Rule 5 draft, or they're auditioning for one of the 29 others to go out and take them in the Rule 5 draft. When you look at a minor league uh, pitching staff, a lot of the starting pitchers, especially in the lower levels, are either not yet 40 man or not yet rule five eligible or they're on the 40 man, a lot of the relievers are not. Some of these guys are starters who this is the last chance. Either the team can one, convert them to a reliever, uh, can two, let them be a starter and not protect them and not be worried if they lose them, or three, uh, keep them as a starter and protect them. And some of them, their their performance in the fall league will decide what happens. Um so those are the three main groups. Doesn't encompass everybody, but that's in essence the 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 gist of it. Uh, the player that I'm specifically going to watch, that I want to see, who I think this is going to be good for him, and we may go back and talk about him as this is when he officially kind of broke out, is Zach Veen. Uh, I had him in my top 10 outfielders when I did that show a few weeks ago. Uh I, I will be honest and say that he struggled more than I expected when he got to double-A Hartford with the Yard Goats. He got 34 games there, 177, 262, 234. And that's after 92 games at High A Spokane where he went 269, 386, 439 with 11 home runs and 50 of 54 on stolen bases. He struggled in Hartford with the bat. He struggled on the base paths. He was only 5 of 10 on stolen bases. He only hit one home run. And he didn't look as settled as he normally does in the outfield. And so uh, I think this is a good opportunity for Zach Veen to be in a different environment 
and to show, no, I am as good as you thought I was. I am a first-round talent. I am deserving of the number one prospect spot in the organization. Uh, and we're going to kind of look at, we have, the, the, we, we have there, there's a possibility that we go back and we look at Zach Veen's 2022 AFL stint the way that we looked at Ezekiel Tovar's 2021 Arizona Fall League stint. Uh, the statistics were not overwhelmingly mind-blowing for Ezekiel Tovar, but he kind of solidified himself as, no, he legitimately is a fantastic player who struggled a bit uh, statistically during the season, but is better than what he showed. I think Zach Veen's a guy that could do that here as well. Uh, fantastic week this week. Uh, Friday, Farm Friday, the Brewers. We've talked about Jackson Churio quite a bit. He'll be a little bit in there, but a lot of the talk's going to be other guys in the system outside of him. Uh, Mailbag Monday coming up on Monday. If you have questions for the show, I've already gotten a couple in. I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. The show's on Twitter at Locked On Farm, or you can email us, lockedonmlbprospects at gmail.com. If you've made it this far uh, in the show, if you're on video, do us a favor, go out there, like, and subscribe to the to the, the video and the channel. It does help us out a, a ton with discovery. If you're on audio, go to your favorite podcast app, leave us a review. We do read every single one of those. We do take your suggestions and your ideas uh, to heart and find ways to incorporate those into the show. Uh, until we talk tomorrow, this has been Locked on MLB Prospects. Uh-huh.